for Fordham. They'll mark him out at the eight-yard line as he stepped out. Here's a give. Koontz runs up the right side into the five. He walks into the end zone for the score. Touchdown, Fordham. And the Rams take a 6-0 lead midway through the first quarter. Garrett along in the backfield, taking the snap. Back to throw, under pressure, falls loose in the end zone. Running up is Washington, and the Rams have it. Touchdown! Touchdown, Fordham! Taking the snap, back to throw. Deep throw, up the left side for Wetzel, caught! Touchdown! Brian Wetzel for the score, 335 to go in the third quarter, and the Rams take a 23-0 lead with the extra point on the way. Matzel takes, gives to Piercy, runs into the line of scrimmage right side, moves towards the goal line, he's in for the score. Touchdown Fordham. 7.07 to go in the fourth, and the Rams add to their lead. They're ahead 51-0 over Columbia here in the Liberty Cup. We welcome you to Monday Night Quarterback here on FordhamSports.com and WFUVSports.org. Mike Watts alongside Nick Legerfo. We have Fordham head football coach Joe Moorhead with us, as well as assistant coach Mark Dupuy. We'll have Ian Williams and Carlton Kuntz on later when we go inside the huddle. But first, we begin with Coach Joe Moorhead. And Coach, that's a nice shiny trophy behind us to, to, to get that win over Columbia, 52-7. to Did you think that it would be such a blowout and... and Tell me how that game progressed a little bit and what it means to win that. Uh, it, it feels great to keep the cup at home for another week, another year. Sorry, um, you know we went into the game anticipating that it was going to be a uh, a close one, like the previous seven that all be, that had all been decided by uh, you know seven or less points. And you know we we played well, very defense played very well defensively throughout the game. Um, you know did well on special teams. Offensively, we had a lot of yards and a lot of first downs in the first half, and not much to show for it. Uh, but we got things straightened away in the second half and, uh, you know, put together a pretty good two quarters. And, Coach, you, you talked about it. You guys pretty much dominated the game first half statistically, only had 10 points to show for it. What was the biggest difference into the second half that eventually led to the uh, offensive output you guys had? Uh, we weren't capitalizing on our opportunities in the red zone. You know, we um, you know, missed a field goal. I believe it was on the first or second drive, and then we had a couple fumbles and then didn't get in. Uh, with didn't get any points on the last drive of the half where we fumbled it there. So, you know, we took care of, you know, some, you know, minor adjustments at the half and ended up really, quite frankly, offensively just finishing our drives. I think we ended up five for seven in the red zone on touchdowns. And, um, you know, that, that it, it was, it, we were the recipient of some good field position through special teams and defense. So uh, we played a good complimentary game of football. Now, Coach, bring me through the first half. Things weren't necessarily going your way, that, that really, in terms of finishing drives. Yeah. But the defense was playing very well, pitching a shutout, uh, really through the fourth quarter when the first teamers came off the field. Tell me what you saw in the first half, the adjustments that you tried to make, minor as they may be, to try and maybe uh, push the pedal down in the second half. I mean, honestly, like schematically, as we, as we sat down as a coaching staff and, and talked about things and adjustments, uh, there were, really wasn't anything from a play call changing standpoint. It was just a matter of, you know, f finishing in the red zone. And, uh, you know, we were calling the same plays. We really didn't kind of draw up anything in the dirt. It was just a matter of, you know, us getting into the end zone as opposed to fumbling the ball away or missing field goals. So offensively, you know, we just, uh, I think we did a good job capitalizing on our opportunities. And defense, you know, the key was, you know, Garrett's a fantastic running back. He's a very good player. And the key was to, you know, to be able to shut down the running game, make him one dimensional. and you know, uh, you know, pressure the quarterback because, uh, you know, Nottingham's, you know, a good player and, you know, we were able to, um, you know, get them 
moving around in the pocket a little bit and pressure them. And uh, I think, um, like I said, the defense did a great job. Hey, you mentioned it, Brett Nottingham, a great quarterback for uh, for Columbia, Stanford transfer coming coming into this game, uh, FBS experience. How big of a concern was it for you guys to contain him and to limit his uh, ability to throw the ball down the field? It was a very very big concern. You know, you looked at him coming out of high school. He was a four star rivals recruit. You know, ranked I think he's one of the top five drop back quarterbacks in the country, and was Andrew Luck's primary backup. Had played some ball, you know, at Stanford and. You know, he's, he's a big kid who can throw the ball very accurately. And as you watched him in pregame throwing the ball, it was pretty impressive. And, you know, the, the chances that he had to set his feet and throw in the game, he threw some very accurate balls. So it was, it was a major concern entering the game. So, Coach, let's take a look at one of the plays where he didn't get to set his feet. This is a play that, that really, I think, may have been a turning point for the defense. It's a 24-yard sack. Let's take a look at this highlight here. And, and Coach, what, what was the call here? And then to be able to bring this guy down in the backfield, was he elusive back there? You know, we just had a – it was a base zone call there, and uh, we had a twist game up front with some uh, line movement, and the guys were able to, you know, get him stepping up in the pocket and weren't able to let him flush out and just did a good job being relentless to the ball and, you know, uh, getting him down on the ground. Well, and how much of a difference does it make to suddenly go from uh, – it may have been first and ten, whatever it may be, to 34 yards to go? That sets them back not only field position-wise, but also it, it makes it almost impossible statistically to get a first down. Yeah, it's, it's something even we talk about offensively that there's not many good calls on the call sheet for second and 34 or, or, or third and 20. So anytime you can you know, get a team behind the sticks on second and third down, it lessens their chances of converting third down, gets the defense off the field, and uh, gives the offense a good chance to get the ball in good field position. Now let's let's transfer over to some of your guys that had big games. A lot of them, Michael Niebrick, one of them, Carlton Kuntz, who's uh, going to be on later on the show today, had another great game. And uh, what is it about Carlton Kuntz that makes him so dangerous when he gets the hands on the ball? No, he he's got a great combination of speed, elusiveness, and deceptive power for for a, a smaller guy, at least in stature. And uh, he understands the scheme well. Coach Zest does a good job coaching him, and he's. He, I think the thing that you see from the film is he's very patient. You know, he doesn't just run blindly into the backs of his blockers. He understands the blocking schemes. He knows when to slow it down, knows when to speed it up. And, you know, when he gets to the edge, he's very hard to catch. So, you know, I think it's a combination of all those things. Absolutely. And we've talked about some of the guys that have maybe had big roles in this game, whether it be Carlton or Mike Niebrick and, and even the receivers. Brian Wetzel had a very nice game. Tabucky Jones caught a touchdown. Talk about the offensive line for a moment. We haven't spoken about them much so far this year on Monday Night Quarterback. They played another very solid game, opening holes and in pass protection, uh, being able to keep Michael Niebrick upright for most of the game. Talk about the, the progression they've had this year and, and how you feel about their play. I think it's huge when you had to replace two all-league players. Chris Watkins was a second-team all-league player, graduated at center, and Lloyd Morrison was first-team at guard. And, um, you know, we replaced those guys. And, and to me, the offense knows that I, I challenge those guys every week that I believe the games are won and lost up front. So if we're able to establish the run game, which we've been able to do and protect the passer, and, you know, I tell them that they give Michael a chance to, to you know, set his feet and, and look downfield, we're going to have guys open. So, um, you know, and in this game in particular, uh, Mason Halder was, you know, out the whole week with the flu and, and, and didn't play. And Matt Stoltz stepped in for him and, and did, a good, did a good job. But, you know, I can't be effusive enough in my praise for those guys. Coach Rodriguez does an excellent job with them, and you know they know we go as they go offensively. So um, we, we we need to they need to continue their steady improvement. Definitely, this is a definitely a, a big win for you guys against a rivalry, Liberty Cup on the line. How much did the emotions of the game play into this one? It, it, to me, the emotions, you know, 
guys get fired up in pregame, they get fired up in the locker room, and, and that emotion stuff kind of lasts for about a series or two. And, you know, and, and when that wears off, you fall back on your preparation and your execution of the scheme. So we want guys to play hard. We want them to be emotional. We want them to be enthusiastic through, throughout the game. But at the end of the day, you know, they're going to win or lose based on how they execute and, and how they prepared, not, not on you know, how much they want to win or how excited they are. But that is obviously an additional bonus if, if they're able to you know, be out there and have fun. Mm-hmm. Coach, let's take a look to a play later on in the ball game. A, a bit of a momentum, uh, it really more furthered the momentum rather than shifted it one way or another. It was a play on special teams. Let's take a look here. We've got a, a kickoff here by Mike Miranda and J.Q. Bowers making a big play. Take me through what maybe you tell him to do on special teams and what happened right here. Uh, the kickoff's a deep middle, and the guys stayed in their lanes. They did a good job avoiding. And, uh, you know, Adam Milkwitz did a good job slowing them down, and, and J.Q. got in there was able to stand them up and just strip the ball out and cause a fumble. And, you know, special teams, we did win the hidden yardage battle in that game. You know, I, I believe the um, average starting field position for us was a minus 36, and for them it was a minus 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only missed one field goal, and we recovered a, a, a muff punt on the one going in, and then that, that set up field position, and we, we scored on the next play on the pass to Brian Wetzel. So, you know, special teams is a third of the game, and uh, Coach Slusky's done a great job, and if we can continue to – you know, capitalize on the opportunities, I think it'll, it'll be, you know, very good moving forward. Well, and how often do you see that? A, a play like that where, you know, a guy literally walks up, pulls the ball out of his hands, and then just falls down on it. No, you don't see it too often. Generally, you see the thing get pulled out and it bounces around the ground a little bit and there's a scrum and someone comes up with it. But, you know, the act of just, you know, ripping it out of his hands and then it not going anywhere except, you know, on the ground with the guy who pulled it out of there. It was, uh, you know, rather unique play, but one we'll, we'll take when we can get and, and this win, being such a big win against Arrival, as we mentioned it before, a lot of talk going into this game that this is kind of a trap game. And uh, this is kind of a big test for your team to pass, to, to not allow themselves to get trapped in a game like this. How big do you think it was for your team to win this game, even when they could have overlooked Columbia a little bit? I think it's a sign of a team that's maturing and, and understand, understands the things that are necessary to win on a consistent basis. And we talked about it Sunday, you know, following the Temple game, that our, our level of preparation, effort, and execution shouldn't vary relative to the level of the opponent. So regardless, whether we're playing Temple or Columbia or whomever, you know, we need to practice the same way, we need to give the same effort, and we need to execute our scheme the same. And if we control the controllable and worry about ourselves, then you know, there shouldn't be such thing as a letdown. All right, well, Coach, we'll continue to talk to you about upcoming games here in just a moment, especially St. Francis coming up uh, next week. But first, let's go and talk X's and O's with Fordham assistant wide receivers coach Mark Dupuis. Coach, thanks for stopping by. First time appearance. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Coach, uh, first off, I have to ask, best hair on the team, how is it that you keep it in such great uh, condition? Well, first of all, it takes a lot of work ethic. You know what I mean? You have to pretty much get up five to ten minutes early every day, make sure you're in a mirror. Um, so, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but I like to think I pull it off. Mm. Well, let's, let's get down to the real business here. First off, your wide receivers have really come out strong here. You've got a freshman, Solano, and then some older players in Wetzel and Jones mm-hmm. and Ajala who have played very well. What are the things that you've seen this year? This is your first year at Fordham. Right. The progression for some of these guys since they uh, came back uh, for this camp. Well, I arrived here. We had actually been practicing a couple times. Um, so, you know, to me – the progression has been very real even since camp, you know, when it started there. Tabucky Jones is the type of player that will get a lot of extra work after practice, 
And uh, Brian Wetzel, you know, he still amazes me with the things that he does. I can't say that I coach some of the stuff that he, that he does. He just has a very good feel for the game. Uh, he, he's a very smart, uh, has a very high football IQ. So he, he makes a lot of plays that, uh, you know, you don't even think are going to be there. And then Sam Ajala might be the person who's impressed me the most. Um, you know, at the start of camp, we saw exactly what level of talent that he had. And, uh, you know, to see the way that he's bought into the system and, and really come on strong this year has been, uh, you know, impressive to me. And Coach, you, you mentioned it. Tabucky Jones has really turned it on these last couple of weeks, ever since really the Villanova game. What has it, really, what has it been the difference between his play the first week against URI to where he is now? I don't think it was necessarily that Tabucky played poorly against URI. It's just that the system um, and the game plan you know, against that type of scheme that they were playing had better answers to our, our X position and our H position with Sam and Brian. But um, you know, Tabucky has been a very consistent worker. Um, he does a great job preparing for games as far as knowing his assignment. And uh, he, like I told you, he, you know, he does a lot of work extra, after practice and uh, extra work in the weight room and stuff like that to always be physically prepared for games as well. So I, I fully expected that from Tabucky. Now, so, Coach, you mentioned that Sam Ajala's impressed you a lot this year. Uh, there was some talk about him really maturing over the last couple of years, and even when you guys played uh, UConn against Fordham when you were still with UConn, you mm -hmm. saw him play and, and have a pretty big game, his first uh, college game. In right. terms of his progression, how much of it is mental and, and being able to get the little things right, and how much of it is maybe physically maturing? Uh, well, I can't speak too, too much for his physical development, only having been here a couple months. But uh, from his attitude standpoint, and like I said, buying into the system and, and really trusting that, you know, if he just focuses on himself and his own preparation, that, you know, the system will make plays. And, and that, uh, you know, like you said, buying into the, the idea that the little things matter. Um, Sam has done an amazing job improving just in the time that I've seen him. And I think it's really paid off for him. Moving on, let's talk a little bit about Brian Wetzel. You said he's an extremely talented guy. He had another big game this week against Columbia, two touchdown mm -hmm. catches. What is it about Brian Wetzel that makes him so dangerous? Brian has just got a, a great feel for the game. He understands defenses and coverage schemes as well as any coach on our staff, I think. Um, so, you know, he always knows uh, the way that the defense is playing him, and he always has a plan going into every single play about, you know, what he needs to do to beat it. So, like I told you, he's a very impressive person to be around. And so let's take a look at one of the highlights here for Brian Wetzel here. It's a throw deep up the left side, and uh, mm -hmm. Brian Wetzel just seemed to outrun him. What was the play call there? What was the coverage, and how does he get open there? Uh, well, Coach actually in the booth did a great job of recognizing that they were going to blitz pre-snap, so Coach Moorhead did a good job of getting us into a play where Brian was going to have a one-on-one -on -one matchup. And, uh, you know, Brian just did what he does and got himself open for a long touchdown. It was very good. Well, we've got another highlight here for Brian Wetzel. It's a throw over the middle near the goal line. We see him run deep a lot of the time, but him on crossing routes, is that something that you guys are looking for? And what do you see on this play specifically? Well, uh, in, down there in the red zone, we had a, a kind of a different plan to attack their scheme. And, uh, you know, we knew the type of coverage that they were going to be in. And, again, we thought uh, it would be a good matchup there, Brian, against the safety on that crossing route that you talk about. So, uh, you know, he was able to get, to get himself open yet again, and Michael did a great job delivering him the ball there. Okay, Coach, moving forward to you, uh, St. Francis this week, what, is your guys, what do you guys have to do to become effective against St. Francis this week? Uh, well, St. Francis, they play a variety of coverages. Um, they're going to do some things to take away some of the, uh, the deep balls that we've been throwing. Uh, 
So we're definitely going to have to be on our A game. And, uh, you know, Coach Moorhead mentions it every week. The only thing that matters is our, our preparation, our effort, and our execution. And uh, we really got to earn the right to win this week in practice. And I think our, if we do that, then our preparation will, uh, you know, take form on Saturday. And, Coach, in terms of playing FCS opponents, you, you were in FBS for a while working with the UConn staff as a student. Yes, sir. Coming now to FCS instead, some of the programs that you haven't seen before, how much of a transition is it from going to maybe a, a team where you're in the same conference and you see teams again and mm -hmm. you get a feel for them to now not really knowing much of anybody on the schedule? Uh, well, you know, that always keeps it interesting, but at the same time, you, you realize that football's football. You know, um, teams play the same sort of defenses against you, and teams, you know, if teams throw the deep ball, then, you know, defensive coordinators have the same answers that they do at the FBS level. So, uh, you know, n not much has changed. Um, just the same process that, I, you know, we've had at UConn is working right here at Fordham for us. So, you know, it's not too bad. All right, Coach. Well, thank you very much for your time, and hopefully we'll have you back another couple big uh, performances for your receivers, perhaps? Hopefully very soon. Coach, thank you very much. Thank you. Now we go inside the huddle with two Fordham players with a big role this season's 4-0 early start. We begin with defensive back Ian Williams and running back Carlton Kuntz. And Carlton, let's begin with you. Senior year for you to get the Liberty Cup win again, uh, having a big game. You're from the Northeast. What does it mean to you to win that? Um, it definitely means a lot. Uh, anytime uh, you have a rivalry game like that and uh, what this game means, uh, the magnitude of it, uh, what it stands for, and then, you know, there's the competitive nature uh, between two teams like Columbia and uh, Fordham, um, the Battle of New York uh, for the Liberty Cup. Uh, it, it was great uh, to come out and have a statement win like that. And, um, you know, in the past, uh, since I've been here, I've never lost to Columbia. And, uh, you know, it wasn't about to, <laughs> wasn't about to happen uh, Saturday. So uh, just to be 4-0 and um, against Columbia throughout my career, uh, uh, it's awesome. So, you know, uh, so once again, a uh, statement win, and, uh, you know, I was happy to be a part of it. So, Ian, a big game for you as well against Columbia. You're from Florida. What, what does the Liberty Cup mean to you coming from a different part of the country? I think it, it has the same meaning behind it because I think uh, most of all that we were, we were playing that game for people that used to go here that had was unfortunate to pass away in 9-11. And I think Coach just made it clear that we were going out there to play for them. Absolutely. And, and Carlton, let's go to you. Let's take a look at a play from this game here. Let's begin in the first quarter, trying to get on the board. A couple of plays that, that really open things up. First, this pass out of the backfield that we'll begin with. And uh, tell me what the play call is. And you were a receiver. How much does that help in a, in a play like this? Right. Uh, well, anytime, uh, you know, you get your athletes out on, out on the perimeter, uh, it makes it, you know, that much easier. Um, playing receiver, uh, definitely something in this offense, uh, being a running back and you know, being able to catch the ball at the backfield, having having sure hands like that, it definitely helps. Uh, you know, so what we just had was a uh, it was a draw read. Um, you know, Michael has the option to either keep it or throw it, depending on what the defense does. And you know, they blitz, so we threw it out there, and then we were able to get positive yards on it. And then this quarter uh, quarterback handoff there, the jet to the right. Take right. me through that and what you saw as you worked towards the edge. Right. Well, uh, you know, a simple inside zone play. Uh, you know, they did a good job. Columbia did of you know clamping down the middle, uh, pinching their guys in. And, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, I was able to break the contain and I was able to scamper outside and, uh, you know, a fairly easy touchdown. So, uh, you know, it was something simple right there, but uh, our old line did a good job of covering guys up. Sure, and we'll get to Ian's highlight. It was a big one in just a moment. Let's go ahead and take a look at another play I had here uh, later in the game. Uh, another touchdown. This one, first a 50-yard carry, Carlton, and then 
uh, finishing it off on the next play. Let's start with that longer carry. What did you see when you worked towards the edge? Right. Well, uh, you know, it was an outside zone play. Uh, you know, we were trying to just stretch the defense out, uh, get them to go horizontally, go lateral flow, and none of the cutback. Uh, you know, the left side did a great job on that play. Uh, Garrick did a good job, you know, getting to the next level, the linebackers uh, covering him up. And then I was able to, you know, make a cutoff of his block and then Mason's block as well. And then I was able to, you know, get up the sideline for good yards. And then on that next play, you're one yard away. You're not the biggest guy. What are you trying to do? Are you looking for a hole specifically? Or are you trying to get behind the lineman and push your way in? What, what's your thought process? There? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, two yards is only two yards. You know, it's the goal line. So, uh, you know, in that that case, all you need all you need is a little seam. Especially, you know, guy guy like my size. You know, people might think, oh, you know, you can't. He's not a goal line back. But actually, you know, it actually works in my favor. Uh, you know, the tiniest of, of seams, you know, I can find and squeeze through. So it, it doesn't take me much to to get through there. So uh, you're just trying to find, you know, the smallest crack and the crease. And uh, fortunately, I was able to do that, and uh, we were able to score. So Carlton comes up with a couple of big offensive touchdowns. Meanwhile, we've got a guy running off a cornerback blitz, gets a strip sack. First off, in terms of defensive touchdowns, how many have you been a part of either guy who forces a fumble that creates a play like that or an interception return or even a special teams touchdown? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how many I've been a part of yet, but uh, hopefully hopefully I can get that to you next time. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully there's another, by that, by that point, another touchdown exactly. for us to talk about. Yes, sir. Let's take a look at that play on yes, the screen sir. here. For you, a cornerback blitz, what, right. what are you reading on that initial, once, once you get the play call in, what are you looking for? Well, I'm, I'm not really looking for anything. It's, I know my assignment, and I just know I got to uh, hide it or sh like show it very late as, as late as I can, you know, and, and on that play, coach said to us that we did a great job in disguising it and hopefully we can keep that up and he'll call it again and we can have the same result next time. So you get that big hit. Did you see the ball going towards the end zone? Actually, did, actually I didn't. I, I really didn't see. Uh, I didn't see the ball get popped out of there. I just know I, I gave him something to feel. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it bring me through that. It, for, for you, that's a pretty open hit for you, isn't it? That's about as easy as it gets lining it up. Right. And uh, I think, I think the, the main thing that we just got to concentrate on now is that, especially with the new rules that are being uh, applied, is that we got to, like, stay or aim lower on the body because that could have been very well a uh, helmet-to-helmet hit if they were to call that. Absolutely. Is that something you think about as a defensive back? There's plenty of plays over the middle of the field. Do you think about helmet-to-helmet -helmet contact? Is that something that goes through your mind? Well, actually, it's, it's not so, it's something that goes through my mind all the time, but it should, you should be very well conscious of it because you don't want to cost your team 15 yards just of being, a, being ignorant on the play, you know? Absolutely. So you get through uh, the, the first half of this game. You get into the second half, a couple of big plays in the third quarter. What did it mean to, to kind of break things open and to, and to get things moving? And, and to start with you, the shutout you guys held through the fourth quarter, how important was that for you guys to try and come away with? I think, I think that was awesome by, by the defense. And even though we did give up a touchdown, I think our defense made a statement that day. And uh, I think as far as offense goes, if Coons doesn't mind me putting my input out there, um, I think it just shows how far we've come as a team. Because I feel like last year we were – we were known as a good first-half team, but then in the second half, we would fall off a little bit. And I feel like when the, when the offense came out there and put 56 on the board, for us as a team, that just shows how many steps that we've made through the last two years. Yeah, and 45 offensive points, a big part of that, Carlton. Uh, for you and, and for Mike Niebrick, I know 600 yards was something that had been talked about in terms of total offense. When the team finally got that 600-yard mark, and even as the game went along, how do you feel about the offensive flow? And even comparing it to maybe last year when you guys played Columbia and you piled up 250 yards then as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, uh, you know, Ian couldn't have said it. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. Ian hit it right on the head. 
Uh, I mean, offensively, uh, you know, having the 600 yards, uh, it definitely is a testament to the to the game planning that we had and, and, you know, the coaching and, you know, the weapons that we have and in the line play. I mean, it's just all starting to gel and come together. And, uh, you know, we're only starting, you know, to, stra- to scratch the surface. Uh, you know, it's only the beginning. Uh, and I know, you know, we put up those, those, as many points as we did, but, you know, we're still a lot of missed assignments, like a lot of points out there left out there on the field. And that's what, and, you know, that's, that's the great thing about it is that each and every week, you know, we just continue to try to get better. But yet, I mean, we still find ways to put points on the board. And then, you know, with the defense playing like that, you know, continuing to get turnovers and giving us the ball back and great field position like that and we're able to capitalize, you know, we're going to be tough to beat. And uh, I think that, you know, with Mike and his running ability that he has and, I mean, the weapons that we have on the outside and in Dan Light and, uh, you know, the line play. And, I mean, it's just – it's just, you know, it's, it's tough. Any defense that we're going to face, you know, it's going to be tough. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what we want. That's what we want to do. And, you know, we want to force the defense to try and have to cover everybody. So I think that, you know, more than anything, uh, I think that that adds an extra element to our offense this year. And uh, I think that's uh, going to take us a long way. Now, Carlton, being 16th in the country now in the most recent polls, you were 21. Being a top five team, Coach Moorhead's talked about a little bit, going from maybe being the hunter to the hunted. Everyone's after you now. Is that something that crosses your mind going into a game like St. Francis, where it's five hours away, it's a big game for them? For you guys, it would be maybe easy to have a letdown. How do you avoid that? Oh, yeah. That, hey, let me assure you, there is no letdown. I mean, even though we were 21 last, you know, last week in the, in the, in the polls, I mean, 16, I mean, everybody across, across the board, like players, coaches, like we all talk about it, like, you know, people across the country, like nobody respects us. I mean, even like last week, you know, you have like teams not be beat, uh, you know, we come out, we beat Temple, and, you know, in the rankings and this and that, you know, they just they just continue to disrespect us. So I think that, you know, we keep that chip on our shoulder, like, each and every week and go out there and try to prove people wrong. Like, it's not, you know, there's there's no signs and no, like, fear of a letdown, I think, as long as we keep that, keep that you know, tenacity and uh, that fire in our eyes. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit. So, I mean, people people just, you know, we just got to continue to control the controllable. And he says that and he speaks about that, and that's just, you know, going out each week and being, you know, playing the game right now. You know, yeah, we're 4-0, but in our eyes, we're like 0-0. So, you know, as long as we do that, uh, I think we'll take care of business. And, you know, hey, I mean, if they if they want to, you know, continue to, you know, rank rise us, then good. But if not, then that's good, too, because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we're not worried about what everybody else thinks. You know, we can only control what we can control, and that's going out there and playing and winning. So, you know, so we just hope to continue that and, uh, you know, take care of St. Francis. Absolutely, and as you look forward to St. Francis, uh, certainly a team that can run the football. How much film have you seen on them to this point, Ian? And a team that maybe hasn't thrown that much this year, only 49 pass attempts through three games. Uh, Does it change maybe how you think about a game going in, knowing that they tend to run more than they pass as a defensive back? Well, I think think it definitely changes the game plan of going into a game because I think think we'll put more pressure on them in the the box and everything, but I'm not totally sure. That's just to our D coordinator to figure out, you know, and we just – we just look to him for our game plan, and we, we trust him to do what he does because he's a great coach. All right, now, guys, one last question here. Carlton, if memory serves, you've played a little bit of defensive back back in high school, right? A little bit. You return the ball from time to time, all right? Would you be better as a defensive back at the college level, or would Ian be better as a running back? If you guys had to switch <laughs> positions, who would do better? Uh, I think – I think uh, – I think – I think – Oh, we boy. we are both in the position that we should be in, honestly, right? I, you agree with it, right? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> and I feel I feel like Coons is a very talented running back, and I and I feel like he's in the right position, and I feel like I I don't think I could do better than him at his position. No, and, and that's just me being honest. It, it defensive back. <laughs> yeah, any nah, chance I mean, there? nah, no chance. Uh, yo, Ian, 
and is one of the best, like, in the country, one of the best cover corners. Uh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, he's on the watch list for that stuff. You know, it's not by accident. Uh, you know, works his butt off. And, uh, you know, we, he, we can see that. We can all see that. You know, the coaches see it. And, uh, you know, so, I, look, I mean, I'm, I'm where I'm at. He's where he's at. It's best for the team. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. So, yeah. Fair enough. Guys, thank you for letting me inside the huddle. Thank you very right, thank much. You. Thank you. It's time for a look ahead. We're back with Fordham football head coach Joe Moorhead here at the end of Monday Night Quarterback. And, Coach, a big win, 52-7. to Your team moves up in the polls going into the St. Francis game. You go from 21 up to number 16 in both the Sports Network poll and the SCS coaches poll. First, uh, does one maybe mean a little bit more to you than the other if, if either really mean much at all at this point? Uh, they both mean a lot. I'm not sure who the voting is or – you know, I, I know obviously the coaches vote for the coaches poll, and you know there's a panel of writers, et cetera, that vote for the others. So, any rec any recognition you can get into you know being a top 25 of a major poll is, uh, you know, it's all icing on the cake. And coach, moving ahead to the St. Francis team, a team that's one and two, but it's kind of a deceptive one and two. They gave James Madison a run for their money a couple of weeks ago, who was ranked number 17 in the nation at that time. So, what challenges do you anticipate? playing a team on the road as a nationally ranked team. This is a huge game for them. What are you expecting from them? I'm expecting it to be a very, you know, tough game, you know, um, closely contested, you know, on the road, always hard to win on the road. And you look at them offensively and, you know, Kyle Harbridge is the fourth leading rusher in the country. I believe he averages somewhere in a range of 155 yards a game. They're coached by an ex-NFL all-pro offensive lineman. So they bring a smash mouth, tough, hard-nosed mentality to the game. Very well coached, very physical. Uh, you know, and can get the ball in the air when they need to. So offensively, it'll, it'll be a challenge to stop the run and, you know, have, our, have great eye discipline for the play-action pass. And defensively, they present multiple looks, multiple coverages, and have some very good speed on the back end. Uh, linebackers run very well, and, uh, you know, we're going to have to be on our A game to, uh, you know, continue doing what we're doing. Coach, in terms of the film you've looked at at this point, would you say there's an opponent that maybe is most close to this St. Francis team that maybe you can look back on, or is this maybe a different look than you've seen this year? I think they offer a little bit more of a unique um, unique scheme, at least from what we've seen in the first. You know, they're more, they're more of a team that, uh, you know, is going to run more two-back stuff than the other teams we've seen so far and, uh, you know, more gap schemes than zone schemes. So, uh, you know, offensively, it'll, it'll, it'll you know, pose a big challenge, particularly, like I mentioned before, particularly with this running back. He's an, he's an excellent football player, and they have some good skill at the quarterback position as well. And, you know, and defensively, they run some four down front, some three down front, you know, variety of coverages. So uh, it'll be a unique challenge. Well, Coach, you guys have played a tough schedule to this point, two quality wins over Villanova and Temple, an FBS team. How much of that experience do you think will help you in a game like this? I think it's, you know, great when you can have trial by fire where, where you're playing two CAAs and an FBS in your first three weeks and you're able to you know come out of it unscathed and do some good things on all three sides of the ball and you know gain some confidence and gain some momentum and you know have our kids see that they just you know it's not just about competing with those guys it's about finding a way to win and we we, we you know found a way to win and you know picked up a good win against Columbia in the, in the Liberty Cup so you know all the momentum, momentum is positive it's all moving forward but you know we still have to you know keep our feet on the ground and look forward and not back. Coach, so far this year you've had a couple of home games and the road games have, have been pretty close. The, the game in Philadelphia, obviously, just a couple hours away. Yeah. St. Francis, a bit of a longer haul. Yeah. Uh, in terms of keeping the team loose, in terms of when they need to leave, how much does it change the team's focus going into a game like this? Not only to have a noon start, which is different than maybe the 1 o'clocks yeah. that we've seen so far, but also 4 or a 5 or possibly even a 6-hour bus trip. 
Uh, we'll just, you know, Coach Marmoros is our director of football operations. He does a good job setting the schedule up. And, you know, we'll just walk through here a little bit earlier, you know, watch the film a little bit earlier, get on the road, and, uh, you know, get to the hotel, and we'll just go through our normal routine. So our guys will use the, use the long bus ride to study their, study their playbooks, you know, watch some tape, you know, watch a couple movies and rest, and relax. And, you know, once we get to the hotel, it's kind of a standard operating procedure. We'll, you know, get to the rooms, have our dinner, have our meetings, and, you know, it's a quick wake-up call in the morning. So, you know, we uh, you got to be able to win on the road. And, Coach, a, a key for you, what's, what's the key offensively for you heading into this game? I think we need to continue to be able to create explosive plays uh, while limiting our negative plays and our turnovers. I believe we're one of the top teams in the country in turnover margin. I think we need an improved ability to um, score touchdowns in the red zone as opposed to uh, you know selling for field goals, um, and you know really kind of do what we've been doing with with the, you know the elimination of the turnovers and negative plays and you know continue to convert third downs. We've done a very good job this year. I think we're first in the league in third down conversions as well on the other side of the ball defensively. So you know if we can keep doing those things and you know, you know turnovers lose games. So we, we can't we can't have three turnovers like we did against. You know, Columbia moving forward and expect to have a great chance to win the game. Well, and Coach, finally, looking at a big crowd against Columbia, over 7,000, nearly standing room only. What does it mean to get all that support, to have the, the fans, whether it's students or alumni, coming back and supporting you guys while you're beginning to make this big move up the polls? I think, it, I think it's tremendous. I mean, and you even look at the first two home games that, you know, you or I and Villanova, the fan support was tremendous. The student section was electric. You know, the alumni, the supporters, everyone, and the kids feed off of that energy. So as, as much as we can make this place a difficult place for the opposition and a, and, a, and a positive one where our kids really, you know, are able to feel that the fan support is there and the, the guy, the, the, you know, they're behind us. And, and it's I, I, hopefully we can see it uh, continue to improve as the season moves forward. Excellent. Well, Coach, thank you very much for your time. We'd like to thank Mark Dupuy, the assistant wide receivers coach, Carlton Kuntz. Neon Williams for joining us for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. We'll be back again next week with another edition. For our entire WFUV crew and for everybody here working on our production, both on game day and here in the football locker room, we thank you for being with us. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports and FordhamSports.com.